You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. I want to encourage us and challenge us a little bit this morning in the time that we have left. I really felt like, and I think many of us felt like, um, last year, uh, in many ways, was a, was a year of regrouping, restarting, new beginnings. You know, after a couple of years of lockdown, it seemed like everything was back on. It was a busy, I, I don't know about you, but I felt like it was a busy year. Did anyone else feel like last year was a busy, busy year? It was like everyone wanted to do everything. Every kid in the boys' classes had a birthday party. There were so many birthday parties. Every sports team had to get together. It was like all the things. Every, nobody wanted to miss out on anything. Everything happened. But busyness doesn't always equal fruitfulness. It was a busy year, but busyness doesn't always equal fruitfulness. And this year, I believe it, God's saying is going to be a year of growth and a year of fruitfulness. Not just a year of busyness, but a year of fruitfulness. It's not just a year to go, to go about the same motions or to go around the same mountains again. Sam did such an amazing job last week of preaching about, um, uh, about how to cultivate the soil of our hearts so that the seed that God wants to plant can take root and grow up. If you weren't here, go listen to the, the podcast because it's a key start of the year message about how are we cultivating our hearts? Because God wants to plant seed. God wants us to be fruitful. These young people that we just heard from, that just spent the week worshiping Jesus and having fun together, they've had a time of encountering the Lord. They've had a time of God planting seed in their heart to bear harvest. God wants you, not just our young people who are up here, but every one of us, to grow and to bear fruit this year. God wants you to be fruitful. If you have your Bibles, would you open with me to Luke chapter 13, please? Luke chapter 13, we're going to read from verses 6 to verse 9. If you don't have your Bibles, it will come up on the screen up here as well. This, uh, Jesus says this, he says, and he told this parable from verse 6 of Luke chapter 13. A man had a, fig, uh, had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now, I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why should it use up this ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and I put on some manure. And then if it should not bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Matthew 21, verse 18 to 19. It says, in the morning, as he was returning to the city, this is Jesus, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again, and the fig tree withered at once. This is about, these two accounts are about more than a fig tree and whether it had fruit or not. In the kingdom, as in nature, there is an expectation of fruitfulness. In the kingdom, there is an expectation that we would bear fruit, and it's been this way right from the beginning. If you go back to Genesis, what's the first thing that God says to the man and woman after he creates him? Be fruitful and multiply. It says this in Genesis 1, verse 27 and 28. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then it says this in verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful 
and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the, he- uh, of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The first thing that he says to them, he blesses them, and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. He could have said anything, but it's important the first thing that God says. He could have said, love one another, enjoy one another. He could have said, love me. I bless you. Now, spend your life loving me. He could have said, grow in knowledge and strength. He could have said a million other things. But the first thing he says to his creation is to be fruitful and multiply. There is an expectation of fruitfulness in the kingdom. God's expectation of you is that you would be fruitful and multiply, that you would grow up this year, that you would mature, and that you would bear spiritual fruit. In Galatians 6, verse 7 to 10, it talks in this same sort of vein, and it says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh, or sorry, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Talking about sowing seeds. The seeds that you sow will produce a harvest because there's an expectation in the natural and in the spiritual of fruitfulness. Harvest follows sowing. So the question this morning that I want to ask you, and I want to ask our young people who just went up to rise up, is what are you sowing? Sam talked about cultivating the soil of our hearts, to be a people who that when God sows seed, when God plants things, when we hear a word, when we hear a prophetic encouragement, when we're reading the scripture and something jumps out, that it finds fertile soil to grow up in. But I want to ask you this morning, with that in mind, what seed are you planting? Because what you sow will bear fruit. I have a few fruit trees at home. I like my fruit trees. I've got a couple of lemon trees, an orange tree, a couple of lime trees. Some of them are, be, uh, are more healthy and some of them are on the way to health. I've got a couple of avocado trees. But here's the thing. I can plant a lemon tree and tell you it's an orange tree. I can, if I've planted a lemon tree, I can say this is an amazing orange tree. Wait to see the oranges it's going to produce. It's going to have great harvest of oranges. But no matter what I say, no matter how much I say it's going to have oranges, it's going to be an orange tree, if I've planted a lemon tree, it's going to produce lemons. No matter what you say, you will produce the fruit of what you're sowing to. Think about that in the spiritual sense. It doesn't matter. I can declare a harvest of oranges on my lemon tree, but if I planted lemons, it's going to produce lemons. You can declare a harvest of spiritual fruitfulness over your life, but if you're not uh, sowing to the Spirit, you're not going to produce spiritual fruitfulness in your life. 
So what are you sowing that will produce spiritual fruit? What are, you, are you sowing to the things in your life that will produce a harvest of righteousness? Are you sowing to the things that will produce spiritual fruit this year? As we start 2023, I know it's not right at the start, but in the beginning part of this year, what are you going to sow to this year? What are you going to give your time to? What are you going to place as the most important in your life? Because what you sow to will produce a fruit and a harvest. And some of you, if I can be as bold as to say this, and not, it might offend you, but it's the truth. Some of you are currently reaping the harvest of some bad seed that you sowed in previous seasons. And I believe today it's time to uproot some of those things and to begin to plant good seed for spiritual harvest. Are you sowing to the things that will sp- produce spiritual fruitfulness? Can I ask a couple of questions of you? And you can answer it in your own heart, and you can make some determinations for yourself as we go forward. When will you read the Word and spend time with the Lord each day this year? Because it's not enough. I mean, this might seem like, you're like, this is so basic. But to be honest, it is so basic, but some of us aren't reading the Word and spending time with the Lord each day. And it doesn't matter how many times we come to church and amen the sermon if we're not sowing seed for spiritual growth, next year you'll be in exactly the same place that you're in this year. Or worse. When will you? When will you read the word? When will you spend time with Jesus? Is it going to be first thing in the morning? Is it going to be before you go to bed at night? Is it going to be during your lunch break? If you don't determine when you will do it, you will not do it. Have you ever noticed that you don't have any opposition checking onto Facebook, opening up Instagram. It's like, oh man, I just, it's just so hard to open my phone and scroll through Instagram. I just find like, you know, I just can never find time to do this. You never have any opposition, you know, turning on Netflix or sitting down to watch the TV. But when you go to read the Bible, it's like, oh, I'm so tired and oh, all these distractions and all this stuff's coming against me. It's because there's a spiritual reality. There's an opposition to the things that will produce spiritual fruitfulness in your life. There's no opposition to the things that aren't going to produce spiritual fruitfulness. The enemy wants you to spend all of your time just scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and whatever. And yeah, you might see a motivational quote now and then, but it's not the things that will transform your life. The verse of the day does not take the place of spending time with the Father. Following some Christian accounts on Instagram does not take the place of spending time reading the Word and spending time in the presence of God. Someone said there's never a battle over land that has no value. There's never a battle over land that has no value. The battle's over the land that contains the gold. There's never a battle over the things in your life that have no spiritual value. The battle is over the things that will see you grow and mature. The battle is over when will you spend time in the Word? When will you spend time worshiping? When will you spend time in the presence of God? And if you're not as practical as to say, I am going to set my alarm for whatever time, 6.30 every morning, and get up and do it, it's not going to happen. 
Or this morning at 6 o'clock, Elodie's alarm went off so loud it woke everyone in the house up and freaked the heck out of me. It was like on full pelt. It's like, actually it goes, or one of those things. But it was like, Henry came in and he's like, what was that noise? <laughs> it, that was very loud, mummy. <laughs> After the guys went to rise up, um, I, think, I, I think Hugo's alarm had been set for 4.45, which is an ungodly hour of the morning. But he lovingly just hit off and didn't actually shut it off. So the next morning at 4.45, both Henry and I are like, what the heck is that noise? Like, it's very loud. Yes, thank you, Hugo. I appreciate your uh, wake-up call. There's never a battle over land that has no value. If you're not spending time filling yourself with the Word of God, you're never going to bear the fruit of righteousness. Honestly, you can sit in church for this whole year, sing the song, say all the right things, but you won't be fruitful. You have to make time, you have to lock it in as the thing of most value in your day. Can I ask another question? If we're sowing seed, it's going to produce spiritual fruit. Who are you spending your time with? Who is discipling you? This is a, a question we've asked a lot over the last couple of years. Who is discipling you and who are you discipling? But can I maybe make it even simpler? Who are you spending your time with? What chats are you involved in? What WhatsApp groups are you in? Some of you, can I be as bold as to say this, need to stop spending time with certain people and invest into friendships that encourage and challenge you in the things of God. Now, I'm not saying abandon your unsaved friends because you're called to be a light to them as well. But are you actually being a light or are they influencing you negatively? And for some of us, we might need to make some shifts and some adjustments in our friendship groups and the people that we're spending time with to be challenged to grow in the things of God, to plant seed that produces spiritual fruitfulness. Young people, you can go on youth camp. You can be encouraged and get excited. You can have an amazing time with Jesus. But make sure you stay involved in youth because youth camp once a year is not going to be enough. Because when you go to school in a couple of weeks' time and you're surrounded by a bunch of kids who don't have a revelation of who Jesus is, there's a battle that takes place. So find some good friends, not, not abandon your other friends, but find good friends in the church. Come to youth every week. Tell your parents, I need to come to youth every week. If they can't get you there, we'll find somebody to pick you up. But make sure, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that will encourage you. That will say, no, no, we're not going to go to that party. We're not going to go get drunk. We're not going to go do the things. We're going to pursue Jesus. We're going to worship. We're going to go after him. And we're going to be the light rather than be the ones who are influenced. Families, will you commit to discipleship this year? Will you commit to getting involved in a discipleship group? Will you intentionally plant seeds in your family and in your life that will produce spiritual fruitfulness? Because can I tell you, having led this church now for almost 15 years, that by the time your kids 
are 15, 16, 17, there will be fruit in their life of what you planted when they are 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, right through. Yes, they can go, and we trust that God's going to rescue people, and they're going to encounter Jesus at any age. But please don't wait. Please don't wait for your kids to have a Jesus encounter at 17. Sow seeds in their life. Go to discipleship group as a family together. Get other families around. Invite people from this church, from other believers, into your house. Pray together with your kids. Plant seed that will produce a spiritual harvest of fruitfulness. I don't want to labor this too much, but can I just say this? I think one of the most unhelpful things in our modern culture is this idea that I have to have my wolf pack, my ride-or-die friends, friends for life. These are my friends, and there shall be no other. The problem is this. For all you old people who just checked out, you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's fine. I'll just speak to the young guys for a minute here. The problem is this. When you have that idea, you settle to the least common denominator. The Bible says, I'll paraphrase, but basically show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You want to surround yourself with people who are going to call you to more. You need people around you who will disciple you, who will call you into the things of God. That might mean you have to distance yourself from some other friends that are unhelpful for a season. You might need to, like, to, to go on a journey of going, you know what, I actually need to grow myself. What are you sowing? If you need financial breakthrough, are you sowing in generosity? Or are you spending every day looking at the, the, the stock charts fretting? Fretting. Because there's not a lot you can actually do about it. You can look at it until the cows come home, and it's either going to go up or it's going to go down, but there's not a lot you can do to determine it. Or are you so because what you can do about it is you can sow in generosity because there's a biblical principle that's different than the principle of the world. Sow a harvest. Sow for a harvest. Sow in generosity. Store up treasures in heaven. Allow God to be the provider in every area. What are you sowing to? If you need healing, will you spend time fasting in, in, in prayer? Don't just focus on your sickness. I mean, there is a reality that some of us are sick. Will you spend time fasting? Will you spend time in prayer? Will you call the elders to come and pray for you and anoint you with oil? And we are expecting radical healings and radical breakthroughs this year. But will you sow to see a spiritual fruitfulness? If you want to see people come to salvation, will you sow the seeds of evangelism? Will you sow the seeds of mission? A lot of us go, I just really want to see somebody get saved. And then you'd never come on an outreach and you've never shared the gospel with anyone. You're expecting someone just to like fall out of heaven and be like, hello, can you tell me about Jesus? Which, can I say, can happen. But it's the exception, not the norm. If God's stirring your heart for the lost, then sow some seeds to see people get saved. Put the street outreaches in your diary. They're not, the, they're not the it and a bit. They're not the be all and end all. But they're a good starting point. Make it a lifestyle. Sow seeds of evangelism and mission because God wants people to be saved through you this year. Can I challenge you on a mindset shift? 
I'm, I'm preaching now. I'm not teaching. When it comes to evangelism, rather than the goal being to invite people to church, can your goal this year be to invite people to your house? Rather than will you join us on a Sunday, would you ask people, will you join me for a meal? That's discipleship. Yeah, of course we want people to come and be a part and join us on a Sunday eventually. But let's not make the goal, if I can just get them to church, maybe Matt will preach a message and the, the God will grab the heart. Make the goal, come to my house. That's what Jesus says to Zacchaeus. Come down out of that tree, I'm coming to your house. I mean, you could say that as well. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Go visit. This is not in the realm of only for the leaders. Guys, we have to get this. We are a priesthood of all believers. This is not just for, for Mark and for Paul. Paul will come to your house. Paul has no problem inviting himself to your house. This is for all of us, though. Hey, I'm going to come to your house. Let's have a coffee. Why don't you come to my house for a meal? This is for every single one of us. As people come in, like, oh, it's nice to meet you. I don't know you. Can you come to my house for a meal? What seed are you sowing? Here's the thing. So often we spend our time trying to deal with the fruit of having planted bad seed. We have a fruit focus, not a seed focus. See, I can pick all the fruit off of my lemon tree and, and then tell you about the oranges it's going to grow. You go, oh, mate, this orange, is, this orange tree is producing lemon trees. This orange tree is producing lemons. I don't like these lemons. I'm going to pick them all off. Look at how amazing my orange tree is. Just wait until it produces these oranges. It's going to be amazing. And then the season goes by, and the next season, lemons start to form again. And I get really fresh. That's not what I wanted. I don't want lemons. So I pick off all the fruit, and my orange tree looks really good again. We do that spiritually. Can we be honest? How many of us have done that spiritually? We get frustrated. We feel like we're at the end of our rope. Maybe you know, we get to the point and we actually reach out for help, and we cry out to the Lord, and we begin to pick off all the fruit that we don't like. We say, God, I can't do this anymore. Something has to change, and we start picking off the fruit. And we feel good for a little while. And everything seems healthy. And we tell people how good we're doing. We come to the front to worship for a little while. But then the same fruit begins to grow again. What we need to do is to uproot the things in our lives that are being grown from bad seed that are not producing spiritual fruit. We need to uproot those things, not just pick the fruit off, take the ax to the root of that tree, cut it down, and plant some seed that will produce spiritual fruitfulness. This is an encouragement, but it's a challenge. God's calling us to something more, but there's a challenge and a warning for you as well. Will you put the ax to the root of the things in your life that are not producing the fruit that you want to see or that the Lord wants to see in your life? And will you begin to plant some seed? 
Some of you need to delete some social media apps, download some Bible apps, put a reminder in your phone, and set the alarm to get up in the morning and read the Bible before you start scrolling through Instagram. To spend time with Jesus, to put on some worship music. Some of you guys need to log into WhatsApp and go, leave that group. That doesn't even notify them anymore that you've left the group. They'll just find out when you never respond anymore. But you know, you just, anyways, that's an aside. The things that are distracting you, the things that are producing negative fruit, you need to put the axe to the root of those things. You need to uproot them. You need to get rid of some things. The other thing about planting seed, this is the last thing, I'll finish with this, is that it takes time to grow. So often... We have a seed. We start a year. We go, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for this year. And I get my orange seed, and I plant it in the ground of my heart. And then I go on my week, and I come back the next Sunday, and I go, you filthy orange tree. You're not producing oranges. And I dig it up, and I throw it in the bin. It takes time to grow. I've planted two avocado trees because you need two to produce avocados. And they say that it will take five to seven years before they produce avocados. I'm willing to make that investment because avocados are very expensive and I like to eat them. That is a long-term investment I am happy to sow into. I think one of them almost died, but I dug it up and I, like it said in the Bible, and I put some, some compost and some manure around it and I propped it up and I replanted it and now little, little leaves are starting to bud again. But I didn't go out after two weeks and go, you filthy avocado tree, just kick it over and be like, you're never going to produce fruit. I know it's going to be five to seven years before they are fruitful. But when they're fruitful, we're, we're all going to feast on guacamole from my avocado trees. What are you planting spiritually? You might not see the fruit next week. If you start spending time with the Lord, reading the Bible, and in his presence, you will begin to see fruit. You will see it quickly because he's faithful. But there's some long-term things. There's some financial freedom. There's some faithfulness things. There's some sowing in mission. There's some saving so I can go to the nations. There's some growing in maturity things that will take time. And you might not see the fruit of that next week or next month or even next year. But you'll look back when you're 60 years old, like my friend Mark Shepston, and you'll see the, the fruit of faithfulness. You'll see the fruit of continually sowing and cultivating the things of God in your life. And you say, why does that person walk in power? Because they have the fruit of faithfulness. Why does that person see breakthrough? Why are they seeing salvations? Why do they seem to be spiritually fruitful? Because they've been sowing to those things for a long time. Will you determine to invest the time to see the fruit? Will you discipline yourself? Will you make some choices to plant good seed, to form good habits, to produce spiritual fruit? It takes time. All good things take time. You want to be a sports person? It takes time and training. You want to be fit? It takes time and training and diet and food and all the things 
you want to be spiritually fruitful, it takes time in investing into the spiritual things, the things of the spirit. And God expects us to be fruitful. Not just expects us, God's prophesying fruitfulness over us this year. Will you say yes to what he's prophesying? Will you say yes to his fruitfulness and step into what he has for you? Can we stand together? an interesting um, few different accounts as we were praying this morning. Jesus with the person at the pool of Shalom. Um, Peter and John with the man who's begging. They ask him, Jesus asked the guy at the pool of Shalom, do you want to be well? Peter and John asked the guy at the gate called Beautiful, what do you want? I mean, there seem to be rhetorical questions, because of course the guy wanted to be well. That's why he was at the pool. Peter and John knew the man at the gate called Beautiful. He, is, he begged there every day. They knew he wanted money. But there's a question that God puts to us. What do you want? Because it's not about what you see in the natural. There's a response of our heart that is important. Jesus says to the man at the pool, get up, take your mat. Peter and John say, silver and gold have we none, but what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Talking about fruitfulness, we're talking about sowing seed. There is a response of our heart where I believe God's asking this morning, what do you want to see this year? That sounds presumptuous. Doesn't it? But I think in a partnership with God, he actually allows us some of that, that response. What do you want to see? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to see in your family? What do you want to see in your marriage? What do you want to see spiritually? What do you want to see in the kingdom? I'm, I'm asking you, what do you want to see? Do you want to see salvations? Do you want to see a healthy marriage? Do you want to see your kids running with the Lord? Do you want to see breakthrough? Do you want to see your family being debt-free? What do you want to see? Do you want to see a greater release of power? God's asking this morning, what do you want to see? And what will you plant? Can we take a moment and respond to him? Take a moment and do business with him. This isn't, you need to tell me what you want to see. This is between you and him. What do you want to see? Say, say, Jesus, I want to see salvations through my life. Jesus, I want to see maturity. I want to see breakthrough. Jesus, I want to see my kids come back to you. Jesus, I want to see my parents saved. What do you want to see? Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you've called us to be fruitful. There's an expectation 
of to be fruitful and multiply, of fruitfulness in your kingdom. Lord, but we want to be a people who are planting seeds of spiritual fruitfulness, that we would see the harvest of righteousness. And so this morning, Lord, I pray that we would be bold enough to put the axe to the root of the unhelpful things in our lives and plant seed for spiritual harvest. That we would be practical enough to change our schedules. To give time to the things that you call us to give time to. To surround ourselves with those who will call us to more. To be discipled. To invest into spiritual fruitfulness. Lord, and to do away with those unhelpful things. Lord, I declare breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. A cutting off. A cutting off where there's been seed that's planted that is not of you. We cut those things off right now and we declare a spiritual fruitfulness. The Lord is saying to you this morning, rise up and walk. Get out of your seat. Get out of your apathy. Get out of your lethargy. Rise up and walk. Rise up and plant some seed. Rise up and begin to sow to things that will bear a harvest in the, this year and in the years to come of faithfulness and of fruitfulness. So, Lord, in your presence, we do business with you. We do business with you right now. We don't want to just pick the fruit off. We want to deal with the root issues. people who walk in obedience. Just allow him to show you. Allow him to speak to you. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Put your trust in him for salvation and for freedom. He's calling you. He's calling you. It's time to turn away from trying to do it yourself and to make Him Lord of your life. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You will be restored to relationship with God the Father. Freedom will come. He'll fill you with his presence. This whole thing of spiritual fruitfulness starts with making Jesus the Lord of your life, the center of your life. If you're here today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe at some point you said, I, I, I want to come to church, but there's, you just know he's not at the center. You've grown up in church even. But there's still a choice to go, actually, there's things that I need to bring under his lordship. If that's you, would you lift your hand up really high? Because I would love to pray with you and celebrate salvation. Celebrate Jesus becoming Lord. Let's take a moment. I think every time we gather, we want to give opportunity for Jesus to be Lord. And that's the starting point of fruitfulness. This is the starting point of seeing the spiritual growth, of becoming mature in Christ.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you. We love you. We want to become more like you. Would this year, 2023, be a year of fruitfulness for Melbourne Lights Church, for each of us here, a year of fruitfulness in the nations as we send teams, a year of fruitfulness as we go on the street, Lord, and share your love with people. Lord, we pray that we would see people come to you like never before. Lord, that we would see doors for the kingdom to advance, Lord, into other cities and other nations like never before. That we'd be able to send more people like never before. We'd see a greater release of your presence like never before. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.